Hello, my friends. So, I am currently in the car, um, waiting for my mom. So, I'm just gonna kind of give you all a fun little episode. Um, it's gonna be short, and it's just gonna be sharing some of my current favorite films, um, some movies I want to watch, and some songs that I've been listening to recently. Um, so yeah, so I guess I should just go ahead and jump right in. Um, first of all, I apologize for not having an episode out sooner. It's been about a week and a half-ish since I posted, because I think I posted on Sunday or something, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, so it's been a little while, um, have, this past weekend was really busy, and then whenever I, like, after the weekend came, I was, like, I kind of needed to, like, take it easy and recover, so I kind of spent Monday chilling, trying to get a few things done, it wasn't that productive, that was okay, um, I was able to call some friends, um, one of which has been sick, and we were supposed to get together this past weekend, so it was really nice being able to just catch up and see how she was doing, and then I was able to get together with some friends on Monday, and then Tuesday, which was yesterday, um, I was able to run some errands that I needed to, and um, all that kind of stuff. So, today is also kind of a day where I'm trying to get a few things done and be productive, but again, it's been a really slow day. It's been really hard for me to, like, get going and find motivation. Um, but one thing that's been kind of keeping me going recently is movies and, um, music in my free time, or even when I'm just, just, just doing, you know, mindless tasks, like, um, laundry or dishes, just things that need to get done on a daily basis um, or a bi-weekly basis. So I have been, you know, trying to, to watch my share of 80s movies going down um, a long list. So I thought it'd be fun to share some of my favorites. Um, first of all, I'd like to mention Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because I watched this with my family sometime last year probably during quarantine or something, um, we did watch it through this streaming service called VidAngel that, you know, takes out the cussing and, you know, any bad content, because we wanted to make sure that everyone in the family could watch it, so, um, we watched that, like, a, about a year or so ago, and oh my goodness, is it hilarious, y'all, oh my gosh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is just awesome, um, also, the character Cameron in that is hilarious, and my family kind of teases me because they're like, Allie, you're a hypochondriac like him. And they, they're just joking, but um, there have been times where I wanted to get out of doing something, so I try to convince myself I was sick. And he's also kind of, like, afraid of a lot of things. I, I'm not, like, a germaphobe or anything. When I was little... I was kind of, and I think it's just because of OCD, but there were certain things that I would kind of be like, I can't do this, or if I do this, I'm going to get sick and die. Like, I 
did kind of think like that a little bit, but I blame my OCD. Like, I don't think I've ever been like a germaphobe, if that makes sense. But his character is just really funny. Um, but of course, Ferris is literally such a golden character. Um, I strive to have this character's confidence, let's just say. Um, and the fact that he's just not afraid to do anything. It's a, it's a really funny, entertaining film. Um, basically, the premise of the, of the story is where there's this guy named Ferris, and he wants to skip a day of school. And this is normal, though. He, he does skip school quite a lot. He gets out of going to school, and he has these super creative ways that he gets out of doing it, and he, you could tell he's an expert at it. So he's, he can, you know, do fake recordings. He has all these different methods and stuff, because he's obviously done this many times before. But they're going into, he and his two friends are going into their senior year, or maybe they, they're in their senior year. Oh, I think maybe it's like their senior year is beginning or ending, I can't remember, or maybe they're almost done with their junior year or something in high school, and so they're all kind of like, we need to soak in every bit of this, and, you know, they want freedom. So anyways, he is able to fake that he is sick and has to stay home or whatever, and then he ends up calling up his best friend Cameron, and he's like, hey, do you and Selene want to come and, like, you know, have a day out with me? And, of course, it kind of takes, you know, some, I guess, some crazy convincing to get Cameron to come and join him. Because, again, he's like a hypochondriac, germaphobe guy who's anxious and just wants to stay home. And he has convinced himself that he's sick all the time. Um, so it's normal for Cameron to not go to school just because he's sick all the time. Um, anyways, so Ferris is like, come on, let's do it. So they do, and then they get their other friend to come and join them. Um, she ends up coming with them, and they end up taking Cameron's dad's car, because Cameron is really, his family's really rich. Um, and so they take his car, which is something that, that's kind of like, mm, red flag, because teenagers with a really expensive car in Chicago does not sound good. So, basically, they're trying to cram in a, a crazy full day in Chicago, going to, like, the Art Institute, um, going to a fancy restaurant, which is another funny story, um, trying to get, like, their car, valet parking, and all this kind of stuff. Um, joining in on a parade. It's just a hilarious film. Um, and, of course, he has to be back before his parents get home. And there's this whole big thing going on with his sister trying to bust him. Um, and so it's kind of like Benet's and Ferb vibes, but not really. <laughs> his older sister is just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I can't stand this. She She's just it up to here with him, um, and basically the principal finds out that he is faking all of this stuff, and so the principal is trying to get them as well, so it's a really funny film, it's great, 
I love it. It's awesome. Um, it's a family favorite. So there's the first 80s film that I recommend. Um, there is some cussing and I feel like there were a few like inappropriate references here and there and I don't remember if there was any like sexual content. Again, we watched it through a streaming service where it cut out some of it, so I can't say that I know, even though my brother has seen it without anything cut out, so I'd have to ask him. But it's a good film. Um, I believe it's PG-13. I think a lot of these films that I'm mentioning are PG-13, so just keep that in mind. Um, the next film I'm going to mention, of course, is The Outsiders. Oh, favorite film. Um, it is set in the 60s, um, like 1965, but it is, it was filmed in the 80s by Francis Ford Coppola. He's the director. He directed stuff like The Godfather and Apocalypse Now and other just really popular big films. Um, so a lot of people are kind of shocked when they find out that he directed The Outsiders because it's just a film that revolves around immature teenagers, young adults, and that are just trying to find their place in the world. And I've already mentioned kind of The Outsiders, but great film, also PG-13, but there really isn't anything inappropriate in that. Um, it's just like cussing. And it's like not even that bad. It's like there's no F-bombs or anything. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty clean. Um, so, you know. Um, that's a really good film from the 80s. I believe that came out in 1983. Um, so, there's my second 80s film. I don't really have to go into much detail about that. The third one I want to recommend is The Breakfast Club. I started watching it last night. Um, I'm almost done with it. I started watching it maybe a year or two ago with my dad, and we ended up not finishing it. We, we literally were, were, like, five minutes in, and I, I think he just decided that he didn't really want to watch it then, and I, I was kind of into it. I was like, hmm, I wonder where it's going to go, like, where the plot was going, because at the beginning, it kind of seems a little boring. You're like, okay, how is this going to be interesting? How are, you know, five teenagers that are in detention going to have, you know, a fun, interesting time. Like, how's this movie gonna play out? And it ended up being hilarious, um, but also bittersweet. I'm still not done with it. I have, like, maybe 30, 40 minutes left. Um, I started that, but that is rated R. My dad bought the film, and again, he put it through the streaming service, Angel. So, but he bought it through Amazon Prime, and VidAngel allows you to do stuff through Amazon Prime like that, so it was filtering out, like, the cussing and, and you know, any of the super inappropriate content, um, and it, did, it, it cut out some of the stuff, which is good. Um, the funny thing is, is that, I mean, you could still see their mouths moving, and I can usually tell what cuss words they're saying, even when it, when it when it's cut out, um, but it's just, it's, it's better, because if I have, because we were watching it in, like, 
in our open, like, living room area. So, you know, if a sibling came in or whatever, you they wouldn't be hearing the F word. Um, I think the F word is maybe said three times in that film. But again, it's like, it's bleeped out. I mean, it's not even bleeped out. It's just silenced. You know, you can't hear them say it or whatever. Um, so... That's something I still need to finish, but basically, five different type of kids, um, you know, one's kind of the jock type, um, one is the kind of innocent, sort of spoiled girl type, um, one is basically the type that's like, um, I've been to juvie, <laughs> um, there's like the nerd, um, and then there's the girl who's kind of, like, emo, but she's kind of like that because she just has a really messy life. All these kids, um, have just kind of sad home lives, and, um, they're all kind of different, but it's these... I don't know, it's like that bond that they form together by being in detention, all having to be stuck together for like eight hours, that just seems so sweet, and they really all start opening up to each other, because, I don't know about you guys, but like, it seems like high school is that time where everybody just kind of tries to fit in, or figure out who they are, or try to fit in with a certain crowd, you know, join a certain club, or be labeled as a certain person, and even if they're not trying to be labeled, they always get labeled, like, oh, you're the nerd type, you're the innocent type, you're the emo type, like, there's all these stereotypes and things, um, and so I felt like that's, this movie, though, kind of shows you how, even though there are stereotypes, and we can all be so different, we're all struggling and going through difficult stuff in high school, and I think that just kind of normalized it, and to me, that's something that I found really special and touching about the film, because, you know, even though it's kind of, you know, comedy, it's, it still shows you the struggles that people have to go through, and how maybe we're all not that different, you know, so that's one of the, the reasons why I just kind of fell in love with The Breakfast Club, so that's one I definitely recommend, but again, keep in mind that it's rated R, and I think a lot of that has to do with, um, maybe the fact that there's, the F-bomb is maybe said, like, three times by one of the characters, and I think one of the characters does flip someone off, but if you watch it through the VidAngel streaming service, if you've heard of that, or if you want more details, let me know, but that's just something that, basically a lot of these films I've seen through those streaming services, so the next one would be Karate Kid, that's PG, didn't watch it through a streaming service or anything, um, there's minor cussing in that, but I think everyone has pretty much heard or seen of the Karate Kid, I've been meaning to watch Karate Kid Parts 2 and 3 because that's on um, Netflix now, but I just haven't, and I think I will get around to doing it at some point this summer, but I think everybody kind of knows the Karate Kid classic, uh, man, I just love the friendship between Mr. Miyagi um, and Daniel, it's just so sweet, um, also Ralph Macchio, great, just love him. Um, I still can't believe that he's, like, 20-something in that film, because he looks like he's 15. Um, he aged amazing, which is crazy, because he's, like, almost 60 or something. But, 
yeah, that's another good film I recommend. All right, so I am back home, um, and I am ready to continue my talk on 80s entertainment. So, hmm, I would say that I'm trying to think of another good film. Oh my goodness. I know there's more. There's plenty more. Hold on. Let me think. First of all, let me mention a show that started in the late 80s and continued until the 90s, I believe, that I grew up watching that I loved. Um, Full House. Full House is an excellent family-oriented show. Um, There's always some sort of lesson. There's humor, family elements. It's just a great show. And I believe the first season came out in maybe 1987, so late 80s, but still an 80s television show. At least that's what I consider it to be. You can definitely tell by the fashion of the girls at the beginning of the show that they're, especially their hair, that they're growing up in the 80s. Um, and another classic show that I actually was talking about with my mom because we were like, oh my goodness, we should watch this. I watched this show several years ago because it was on Netflix, and I was sick, and my mom was like, oh my gosh, you'll like this, because she grew up loving Jim and the Holograms, which is an animated TV show that revolves around just an average girl who ends up, well, she's an orphan, and she ends up kind of starting a home for orphan girls because her dad kind of had a decent amount of money. And he was an inventor, and so he left some of the money. This is an animated show. I think I already said that before, but just to clarify. But it's really good, okay? And I think it's on Tubi right now for free. So it's Tubi's a a new streaming service. It might have been around for a little while, but it's one of the newer ones, I believe. You know, Netflix is an old one. Um, But it's not on Netflix anymore. A lot of stuff that was on Netflix has been taken off. Um, I believe a lot of the shows and movies that I'm mentioning are either on Hulu. Um, I'm going to talk about one that I absolutely love that's on Disney Plus right now, and another one that's on Disney Plus that I started watching, and then a majority of these are on Amazon Prime. Um, And to rent these, it probably costs from anywhere from like a dollar to like four or five bucks so pretty decent and then if you want to avoid the cussing and any inappropriate content you can put it through VidAngel so that's another plus um anyways Jim and the Holograms excellent tv show basically girl finds something that her dad left her um and she ends up becoming a rock star with some of her orphan friends and the thing is is she kind of like transforms her names I think her name is it Jessica something why can I remember it's been many years um I feel like her name's Jessica Bennett or something like that I could totally be butchering it but um basically it's kind of like that whole I don't know how to explain it. 
but it's the whole like she's putting on a fake it's like Hannah Montana that's what I was trying I was like I know there's a good example it's like the whole Hannah Montana stunt where she's like trying to appear to be a totally different person and nobody guesses and then it goes on for like two seasons or more and her like boyfriend's oblivious and he falls in love with like two versions of her pretty much it's really weird and she's like dude can you wake up and realize that like I'm both it's it's confusing but it's really really funny and just entertaining the music is great very very 80s that's all I have to say like their style everything and that show made me want to be a kid in the 80s um anyways just good vibes and it's just kind of special because my mom recommended it to me years ago and I was absolutely obsessed with this show then I found out that they were going to make a live action modern version of the show and it absolutely sucked I watched it with my dad it was horrible I'm glad I waited till it came out on DVD and then I waited even longer and I was like let's just get it from the library because it's free and so I did that and I watched it with my dad and it just was horrible it was horrible so I'm glad we didn't waste our money um I believe that the live action version that's set in like modern times is on Netflix or at least it was a few months ago um I tried watching it again and I was just like I can't I couldn't even get that far into it because I was just like ugh. the music is pretty decent though it's very pop poppy um which I'm like I don't really like but um yeah the original is really good so Gem and the Holograms in case you are wanting something kind of about like you know Rockstar Hannah Montana 80s vibes I don't really know how else to describe it that's how I describe it moving on um, a movie I watched last week for the second time is Adventures in Babysitting now Disney Plus released an edited version of the film because the original version I believe was PG-13 because the main character is it Chris Parker or Chris. I don't remember her last name, but her name's Chris. Well, her nickname, at least. At least. I think her nickname's Chris, the babysitter. Anyways, um, 17-year-old girl who doesn't really want... Well, she was supposed to go out with her boyfriend. Boyfriend's like, oh, I can't. My sister's sick. I don't want to get you sick, so we can't go out for our anniversary. And her friend's like, uh-uh, I think he's lying. And But she's just like, okay, I'm just gonna not think about it. And so... She tries to see if she can get together with her friend that night and do something, but her friend's like, no, I can't. And so her mom's like, why don't you go and babysit? Like, Mrs. Anderson wants you to go and babysit. And she's like, are you serious? Like, I'm getting a little too old for that. She's like 17, maybe 17, almost 18 or something. And so she's kind of like, seriously. So she ends up doing it because she has nothing else to do. And of course tons of stuff just keeps on going wrong um but it's it's a great film it's set in Illinois as most of these films are um trying to think like there's E.T. there's Home Alone those are just like ones I'm throwing out there like Home Alone is one of my favorite Christmas movies so of course I'm going to mention that here but we're talking about like non-Christmas movies or non- 
alien-centered movies. I'm not a huge fan of E.T. I watched that movie when I was really, really little. I think we even had it on VHS or something, and I watched it with my dad, and I just remember being so freaked out by it, (laughs) and I still kind of am. Gotta be honest with you. I never really liked E.T. Some people think he's cute. Some people think it's a good movie and it's funny. And it is a good film. I mean, it's done really, really well. But I just... I can't appreciate it for what it is just because that's just not my thing. You know? I like more slice-of-life reality films where you're like, this could easily happen. I mean, it's a bit much, but it could happen. Um... And a lot of these films are set in Illinois, or at least filmed in Illinois, and directed by John Hughes. Not not all of them, but a lot of them are. Like, I know Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, um, Home Alone, you know, you name it. Set in Illinois, in like the Chicago suburbs, and definitely has all those Chicago suburb vibes. Um, of course, Adventures in Babysitting, let's go back to that. Such a good film, but like I was saying, um, there's an edited version of it on Disney+, Plus, so it's PG now, not PG-13, because the babysitter says an F-bomb. Um, and when I first watched it with my dad, I think we had watched it I think he might have either skipped it around a bit when, because I think he knew, he knew, obviously knew about that part. So I think he either skipped that part or he might have watched it through Bit Angel. I can't remember. Um, but that was one that I remember really liking. It was really stressful, but it, and it has you like on the edge of your couch the entire time, just like, oh my gosh. But it's a really good film. Like now that, I've seen it once, like, and I then I watched it again. Like, I knew what was coming, you know? Like, even though it had been a few years, I knew it was coming. Um, and I was just very thankful that they had the edited version, so they just took out some of the cuss words. So, that was great. Um, I will... So, that's a really good film. I don't want to go and spoil a lot of that just because it's so action-packed, and I honestly love it. Also, Elizabeth Shue stars in that and she plays Allie Mills in Karate Kid so you know popular actress from the 80s um trying to think what else she's in I think she's in she's in Cocktail with Tom Cruise which is rated R obviously not gonna watch that movie it's not appropriate but it has Tom Cruise again another popular actor from the 80s and he was Steve Randall in The Outsiders um trying to think he I think he's most known for like the film Top Gun, which I believe is PG and is maybe on Hulu or something. I don't know. I don't really know anything about Top Gun. Haven't seen it, but I know Tom Cruise stars in it. Anyways, um, what's another movie? Oh, Mighty Ducks. I started watching the Mighty Ducks. I had seen that when I was little, like parts of it when I was little, because I remember my dad watching it. And I remember watching parts of it, but at the same time, I don't really remember it. Um, But I decided to start watching it the other night before bed, and I only got a few minutes in because I was tired, and I ended up just turning it off and putting on The Parent Trap, because The Parent Trap is something I love falling asleep to. The one from the 90s, though. Um, Because that's the one, 
I remember watching the most growing up, so I just, I like that one. That's a really good one. I just haven't seen the original enough to like it. I really need to watch it. The first time I watched it when I was little, I was like, this is boring. Um, I feel like I do need to watch that and learn to appreciate it for what it is, because the originals are always the best. So, um, Mighty Ducks, again, there is casting, like, the kids will cast and stuff, and, I mean, of what I've seen, it's pretty okay. Um, there might have been some magazine things, same thing goes for Adventures in Babysitting, there's, like, this magazine called Playboy, and it's kind of, like... I think it was a popular magazine in the 80s. It was kind of like a... Might have been kind of like a porn one. It was like a model. Some sort of like model magazine that was kind of for porn. And it was like made for men and stuff. So it was not appropriate. Um, And one of the characters in Adventures in Babysitting. He's maybe a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And he... He talks about how the babysitter looks like one of the models or whatever, and that's kind of like a theme. <laughs> not a theme. Um, it's, just not, it's just something that is mentioned a few times. Why did I say theme? I don't know. I'm tired. But it's something that's mentioned a few times. Like, I don't think you really see anything. Well, when I was watching it the second time, like last week, when I was like doing laundry and other stuff, I just kind of like skipped those parts that I knew. And they were short. And it's not really essential to the plot. Until the end that you realize that the magazine that somebody stole was important. Um, I don't think you... It's just because they left notes. Like, the bad guys left notes in it. So, that's a kind of a minor spoiler alert type thing. But it's on Disney+. And as long as you just kind of skip those little parts and you know that it's bad. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like... Now that I'm, you know, getting older, whatever, and have more say in, like, you know, what I'm allowed to watch, my parents allow me to watch more and stuff, I'm able to kind of make a decision and also, okay, okay, this is inappropriate, and I know that, but I think I can't just ignore it my entire life, if that makes sense. Um, Like, I just have to recognize that it's bad and not support anything related to that um you know and and just kind of if that if that makes sense you know what I mean it's like I'm not watching films for inappropriate content whatsoever I'm I'm watching them for like that comic relief at the end of the day or the good storytelling that it provides and of course films that are rated pg-13 are gonna have stuff added into it because it's made for people that are older, and, you know, they always have to add something, you know, but, yeah, I guess it's just something that I've always kept in mind, like, my parents don't mind the cussing, usually, like, growing up, they were, like, okay with the cussing, because we're, like, as long as they don't say it, um, but when it came to things like, you know, sex scenes and stuff, of course, you know, you don't want to watch that, um, so, like, that's when people, my parents would, like, skip stuff, you know, um, 
So that's just kind of my take on that. Sorry, I got cut off at the end. Um, Let me see. I feel like I'm kind of ranting a lot about different things and going in so many different directions. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this movie yet, but it's one of the movies I watched with my dad a few years ago. And honestly, it's a special um, movie, even though I've only seen it once, because it's kind of a mother-daughter, not a mother-daughter, <laughs> um, a daughter-and-dad type movie, dad-and-daughter movie. Oh, uh, but it's called Pretty in Pink. Oh, such a sweet film. The ending always gets me. I'm like, <laughs> um, even though I've only seen it once. But of course, like I've gone back and like watched clips and stuff on YouTube just because it's good. And also the song, If You Leave from Pretty in Pink. Mm, so good. It's been on repeat recently. <laughs> um, just because it gives me all those really good 80s vibes. And it definitely, that song definitely hits different at one or two in the morning when you're in your room and you're like you feel like you're a teenager in the 80s even though you know you're not um it gives you those vibes um and that I guess has always kind of been a special song to my mom so anytime like it would come on the radio or she'd play it or I would play it or whatever it would always remind her of her high school boyfriend that broke up with her um it was kind of like around senior prom and the song it was people were voting whether it was or not it should have been like if you leave from pretty in pink or don't you forget about me from the breakfast club to kind of be their theme song for prom and my mom was voting for if you leave because it's kind of that like breakup type song and then she's she remembers listening to that song a ton and it just kind of being on repeat and she found a lot of like comfort in that song because this guy she thought was kind of like the forever type guy you know um and he just totally broke her heart so that's always kind of hurt um because I always think about her in high school and the thing is is that like I was always upset about like not having a boyfriend in high school but she would always kind of remind me that She's like, why? Why would you want it? You know, dating is for marriage. And she was like, and if that guy has no intention of being with you forever, what's the point? And then she told me that story. And then um, it's kind of always stuck with me because she's like, why would you want that? Because it all kind of ends in heartbreak, you know, because um, it's just, you know, guys can just be really immature. And, um, you know, you just don't know. Um, you don't know if a guy is, like, really in love with you or not, because it could just be hormones, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So my mom's like, don't be upset that you, you don't have a date to prom or this and that. Be glad that it's normal to not have one nowadays. It's normal to go with groups and stuff, because she said, like, back then, it was, like, embarrassing if you didn't, and you'd have to, like, go with you know, a friend, like, and it would just be weird, um, I think she said that she might have gone, like, with a guy friend or whatever once, and people would do that, um, because you kind of, like, had to have a date, so basically, that movie has, like, a love triangle, um, and Molly Ringwald and Andrew McCarthy star in it, both popular actors from 
the 80s. Um, Molly Ringwald stars in 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club. So popular movies in the 80s. And um, I haven't seen 16 Candles. I believe it's rated R for... I believe that there's several F-bombs and there's like some content in it. But um, it's on my list because I feel like it has really good those, I don't know, those sweet, almost kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I've heard that it's a really sweet film. Thing is, is that like I would watch it through Thin Angel because, you know, content and stuff and I just don't like watching that kind of stuff because it makes me feel dirty and you just shouldn't um but it's on my list but I'm gonna watch it through Vid Angel anyways Pretty in Pink I don't it's been a few years since I've seen it but um just a really sweet film um this girl's mom died and you know she's living with her dad and they're not you know they don't have that much money and um you know she wants to like be a designer or whatever and so she's always you know coming up with like really cute unique outfits and stuff and always wearing pink and um she's like really in love with this guy um played by Andrew McCarthy and he ends up kind of being a jerk at one point and her best friend um don't remember the actor's name but her best friend, his nickname is Ducky. <laughs> and anyways, Ducky, her best friend, um, he's a guy and he's like madly in love with her. And he is trying to stop her from falling in love with the character that Andrew McCarthy plays. And he just doesn't like it. And he, he kind of is like seeing some red flags with this dude and he just doesn't know if he likes that. And, um, and it turns out, like, the the guy ends up kind of realizing the way that he's acting and how he's been a jerk and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, Ducky realizes how much that the character that Molly plays, you know, loves this guy and how much he loves her and how he's willing to, like, change who he is um, for this girl. And he wants to, like, be authentic and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know. So there's like a love triangle going on. The ending is literally just so flipping adorable. Um, and her best friend, Ducky, is hilarious. You feel so bad for him for the, you know, the entire film. But at the end, you know, you'll see, right? Um, and I think we might have watched that through Bit Angel because I believe it's like PG-13 at the time. My dad wasn't like super comfortable with me watching it because I was younger when we first watched it so and since then I've yet to watch it again just because it's not free anywhere um and we don't at least I don't think we own it on dvd I don't know I need to go we have a big box of like our adult movies that's what <laughs> they were like labeled when I, we were little um I would have to go through that box and see if we actually have any 80s movies I don't know if we really do I don't know. We just bought The Breakfast Club on Amazon Prime, which makes me happy. So, because <laughs> I love it and I still need to finish it. Um, I think that kind of concludes my 80s movie recommendations. Um, 
And I think one of the reasons why these films just seem to resonate with me is because they revolve around characters that are kind of in their late high school years and they're really conflicted or maybe early, you know, like young adulthood type characters who just have messy lives and they think that others around them fit in or have it all together or, you know, just know what they're doing. I don't know. Basically, like, what a lot of people envy, um, but little do they know that even those people that seem to have it all together don't really, and that things are rough all over, and I think all these films really show that. Um, Nothing is all glitter and gold, you know, there's heartbreak, there's hurt, there's pain, Um, you know, young love comes with a lot of, you know, consequences, and usually ends in heartbreak and I just think that all these films really do show the importance of just family and friends and staying with people and that sometimes you know families aren't always who we're born into but it's who we would die for I saw that quote once and I felt like it was really that was a really fitting quote for so many stories and I think that these films are just excellent at showing that, um, showing the beauty of friendship and, um, you know, the messiness of life and how no one's family is perfect, no one's life is perfect, no one has it all together, and it makes you, it's kind of like those reality slice of life type films that are filled with, you know, adventure and drama and love and all those good things, comedy, always great comedy in these films, Um, that I feel like are just what makes these films classics and uplifting. And I think one of the things I've loved about, you know, becoming older is just being able to watch more of these films and talk about more of these films with my parents who grew up with these, these films. And these films were things that, you know, made them feel the way that I feel too when I watched them those warm fuzzy feelings but that also that those bittersweet feelings and um just all those good slice of life type vibes you know like even though some of the stuff might be a little far-fetched I mean you could find someone that could relate with one of these characters in a way I feel like I have been able to see myself in each one of these characters um that star in these films And they're just filled with a lot of really good, popular, young actors and actresses from the 80s. Um, A lot of these films that I mentioned have kind of like one person from that film and that person knows that person. And just kind of, you know. Um, So that's something that has just been something I've enjoyed doing recently just because I find it just so... It makes you feel like you're not alone in your struggles and you know i love fantasy i love adventure and action and it's great but it's like when the reality of life hits you you know you're like you kind of are like man i wish there's something i could relate to you know or like something i could watch that makes me feel like i'm not alone because it's like i can't escape into narnia every day you know this is not reality um but you know, I can learn to have fun 
in detention, you know, <laughs> not that I've ever been in detention. Um, I did have to go to the principal's office once. I can't remember why. But, um, anyways, that's just kind of my take on 80s films, and it's just been really fun, fun and healing for me, um, because I'm such a big lover of films, I'm, I mean, I, TV shows, I have to be really committed to a TV show, especially have, if it has several seasons, because I can lose attention to the show, like, I can just kind of lose interest, the only show I think that I ever, like, never lost attention for was Full House, and I still think it's a classic, um, yeah, um, and that's on Hulu, so that's a good one, so if you have Hulu, totally recommend watching Full House, um, and even if the characters do something bad, there's always, like, a lesson, and they realize that, which is another reason why I love the show so much, is because it's really about, you know, that, those family struggles, and recognizing that we're all imperfect, and we make mistakes, you know, so that's something I always really liked about the film, and it was always just so sweet, um, not the film, from the show, and I think it goes on for, like, seven or eight seasons, so it's, you know, a decent length for a show and I don't think I ever got tired of it um I definitely need to go back and rewatch that more <laughs> but anyways that's just kind of my take on 80s films just popular ones that I've seen um you know some honorable mentions and kind of why I find them so appealing um I think one of my favorite quotes from these films are I actually have several um and I thought it would just kind of be interesting to share a few of them without context because why not um so of course I I, I just talked about like Pretty in Pink and um you know the character that Molly Ringwald plays is striving or whatever and um I don't know, she must be thinking that she's not pretty enough or something, and then her best, her best friend, whose, like, nickname is Ducky, I don't even remember his name, but that doesn't matter, we're just gonna still call him Ducky, don't know the actor's name, so, <laughs> the Ducky guy, <laughs> he said, you want beauty, look in the mirror, and I thought that was, like, dang, she's got herself a really good friend, a really good guy friend, that would, that just, would do so much for her honestly and he did do so much for her um and that's why the ending is literally just so sweet um i don't want to spoil it but he's just a great great character um and of course there is this quote from um the breakfast club that i like and um well, basically, I'm going to read this because it's the letter to Mr. Vernon, the, you know, guy who leads detention or whatever, and he said, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it is we did wrong, but we think you're crazy for making us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as 
you want to see us in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case, a princess and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely, sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Um, so good. <laughs> so good. And then there's the, that other quote whenever they're doing their like group therapy thing. And it says, we're all pretty bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. And I just think that it really does show how, like, all of us are different. And, you know, even though, you know, I might appear as, like, the princess type, you know, I'm still, I still got a brain. You know, I can still be athletic. You know, I still don't have it all together. You know, I... If, the, if any of that makes sense. Um, it's just... Yeah. And then there's that song, Don't You or Don't You Forget About Me. That is kind of like the theme song. The main theme for... Um, it's by Simple Minds, by the way. But it's like the main theme for The Breakfast Club. And again, it's just one of those really good... It's more, it's definitely more upbeat, sweet, um, and just good vibe, good vibey type song in comparison to like If You Leave by Pretty, from Pretty, Pretty in Pink by like orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Um, so like, yeah, If You Leave from Pretty in Pink and Don't You Forget About Me from The Breakfast Club are just classic songs to add to your 80s playlist. If you want to create an 80s playlist, I created one the on Monday and I had a blast. Um, I'm going to mention a few of those few of the songs on this playlist if in case you want to create an 80s playlist on your own, but it's basically my 80s movie soundtrack playlist. So if I was in an 80s movie, this is what, or like if I was a teenager in the 80s, this is what I would like be jamming out to in my room late at night. <laughs> so, I already mentioned If You Leave and Don't You Forget About Me. Next one um, is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Such a good song. Of course, everybody knows Footloose. Um, you Make My Dreams by Daryl Hall and um, John Oates. Oats? How do you say that? I don't know. Then you have the classic, I want to dance with somebody. Um, then you have some some classic songs from Karate Kid. One of them is like Feel the Night by Baxter Robinson. That's a good one. Um, Faithfully by Journey. Journey has some great bops, my friends. Um, everybody knows Don't Stop Believing, but Faithfully is a really good song nice slow song in case you want to have a slow song at an 80s themed dance party um girls just want to have fun classic walking in la by missing persons that's a good one that's a really good one and it reminds me a lot of the music in jim and the holograms the tv show so it's fun there's cruel summer which is also in karate kid um Babysitting Blues, which is from Adventures in Babysitting. That's just kind of a fun one. I, that's one of my favorite scenes in that film. Um, Kids in America by Kim Wilde. With or Without You. Um, 16 Candles. I put 16 Candles, the song that's in 
16 Candles on here. Haven't seen 16 Candles, but it's actually a song from the 50s by the... What is this? By the Creased? I don't know. But it's a song from the 50s, but it's in an 80s movie. Um, I think it's like an early, early 80s type movie. And let me see if there's anything else. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I got a call. Um, and it cut me off. Anyways, I'm trying to see if there's any other song that I should mention. Um, You Can't Hurry, Hurry Love by Phil Collins is a really good song. Phil Collins is a great artist from 80s, 90s, early 2000s. You Can't Hurry Love, I believe, came out in the late 80s. Um, And then you have... Is there anything else I should mention? I don't know. That's kind of the bops the 80s bops I like listening to of course I have more on this playlist that people probably have heard of but definitely aren't as good as those songs but I want to say my three top three favorite songs from the 80s are if you leave don't you and everybody wants to rule the world so those will be on repeat until I die um (laughs) just give you all the really good vibes but also the bittersweet vibes and the yeah (laughs) um they just they're good songs and my mom loves if you leave and don't you so it's fun to like jam out in the car with her (laughs) to those songs so because she's really picky about her 80s music and doesn't really like a lot of music from the 80s um so it is really nice when I can find a song that like we both like because we have very different taste in music i mean all of us do everyone in my family does so it's really nice when you find a song that like resonates with multiple family members and you know you can all like get excited and sing along in the car so those are some song recommendations in case you want to explore the world of 80s music um yeah, I mean, I haven't really listened to a ton of 80s music. A lot of what I listen to is just what's from good classic 80s films. Um, so I don't have a lot of recommendations there. I feel like I have quite a bit recommend of recommendations when it comes to films, just because a lot of what I've mentioned are just like 80s classics that you would have watched if you were a kid in the 80s. Um, and what's funny though is there'll they'll be like my mom said that back then like the ratings were a little different so sometimes like a PG th- film would have content that you would think would be in a PG-13 film nowadays so you know in case you're just wanting to like enter the world of 80s films keep in mind that there's a lot of cussing and there's a lot of like some inappropriate references um, and of course like you know, some sexual content, so, yeah, but a lot of what I mentioned is pretty free from that-ish, and if you watch it through Vet Angel, you'll be safe, or if you want to know what parts to skip, like, I can let you know, but anyways, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to rant about the 80s, because the 80s has a soft spot in my heart for almost my entire life I've been saying that I've been born in the wrong century (laughs) the wrong time period um 
a lot of my family members think that I could easily have grown up in the 40s, 50s, or 60s. I said that I would love to be a baby boomer um, because I just love that time period, like, post-World War II. Um, my dad was like, but you were born post-World War II. I'm like, okay, like, duh. <laughs> but, like, you know, be a part of that baby boomer age. Um, I mean, I would have to live through a lot still because you have, like, the Vietnam War. And if I was born around then, I probably would have been a teenager or a young adult. Um but yeah I don't know and then I realized man the 80s that would be great too (laughs) um it's kind of funny because I feel like I could live in a lot of different time periods other than the one I'm living in now if that makes sense um but hey I was born when I was born and I'm thankful to be alive, and, you know, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> um. Anyways, that kind of concludes my rant on the 80s. I'm having a hard time wrapping up this episode. I don't really know what to do, but tomorrow, one of the reasons why I kind of I'm excited about all of this is because tomorrow we're doing escape room that's like escape in 80s dance party and oh my gosh I am so so excited it's gonna be really 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 fun um and we'll see how it goes if we escape in time but I know like they're 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 gonna play like 80s music um they'll probably like I wonder, like, I think there might be some arcade games like Pac-Man and other different things. It should be interesting. Like, I wonder if we're going to have to play, like, an arcade game in order to get a clue, if you know what I mean. It should be really, really fun, and um, I decided that I was going to kind of dress up. I was thinking about dressing up, like, a particular female character from the 80s, because there's several that I really like a lot. Um, But... I was like, I can't really just pick one, and there's not one of those characters that I feel like has a style similar to mine, so I was like, I don't really know if anything I own would look like something they would wear, if that makes sense, so I was able to go to the store yesterday, and I found like a scrunchie that was on sale for like a dollar or two dollars, and it's like a big bright pink scrunchie like something that you would totally have in your hair in the 80s then I have hoop earrings that I'm gonna wear um of a kind of a shirt with a lot of bright colors and then I have my converse that are like this bright blue and anyways I'm really excited it'll be fun um my friends are like I'll wear a scrunchie does that count (laughs) I'm like sure what's funny though is like my mom is like it's so weird that those are coming back and I'm like you know what I like it though I kind of like it not gonna lie so tomorrow is a fun day to wear my hair curly like I sometimes do sometimes don't 
and rock a big bright scrunchie something that I probably would not wear unless I'm going to something 80s related if that makes sense (laughs) um so I'm excited I wanted to kind of make an you know an episode based off of that because it's just something that I've kind of gotten to enjoy over the years with my parents and family members and um yeah there's just something about it that just seems so just to resonate with me and a lot of it has to do with the reasons I explained and maybe that's one of the reasons why like the breakfast club in particular stands out to me out of all of those because it it shows that it shows that you know there's a bit of us that's like the princess and the rebel and the athlete and the nerd you know all those those type of stereotypes and you can't always just assume that someone has their life all together you know and that families are perfect or anything and so it's one of the reasons why like that particular film stands out to me a lot and just the whole way that these different people come together and realize that they're not all that different and that's kind of where I feel like the outsiders stands in all of this as well like I would have talked more about it but I've talked about it a lot and I don't want to annoy the crap out of (laughs) y'all pardon my language (laughs) um uh, but it's just something that I see very clearly in the storyline for the outsiders and the only reason I didn't mention that more is because it's actually not set in the 80s it was filmed in the mid 80s but it's and it stars so many popular actors from the 80s that's why I feel like it is a really good 80s film but all these actors were like 18 you know they they were young really really young um but all these actors are amazing great actors um and I mean I think they deserve to be mentioned for sure <laughs> so I'm gonna mention them because I love them so, of course, you have Ralph Macchio, who plays Johnny Cade. Rob Lowe, who plays Soda Pop Curtis. Oh, gotta love Rob Lowe. You have Thomas Howell, who plays Pony Boy. You play, there's Matt Dillon, who plays Dallas Winston. Patrick Swayze, who plays Derry or Daryl Curtis. You have Tom Cruise, who plays Steve Rando. Amelia Estevez, who plays Tubit. Diane Lane, who plays Cherry. Um, Leif Garrett, who plays Bob. Um... Darren Dalton, who plays Randy. Let's see who else is in here. Um, and then you have an amazing director like Francis Ford Coppola. Um, who else? Should I? Is there? Um, I mean, that's all I can really think of. That's like the main cast. And for some reason, it says that, Google says that Nicolas Cage is in The Outsiders. Wait, hold up. Oh, he is. Is that right? No. No, it's not. Google, you got it all wrong. Nicolas Cage was in Rumblefish with Matt Dillon. That's weird. I don't know why it says he was in... Yeah, he's not 
maybe he makes a small appearance in The Outsiders. I don't think Nicolas Cage was ever in it. I don't know why it says he's on the, part of the cast on here. I think they messed that up. Um, I think Google has some explaining to do. But yeah, I want to watch Tex, which I think came out in 1982. I think it came out, I think Matt Dillon and Emilio Estevez starred in that before they starred in The Outsiders. Um, but Tex is another really good movie from the 80s. My dad watched a lot of Matt Dillon films growing up. His favorite, I think, was like, what's it called? Um, and it's on my list of 80s movies to watch. Uh, Oh, it's My Bodyguard. It came out in 1980, so Matt Dillon was pretty young. Um, it's PG, but my dad loves My Bodyguard. It's one of his favorite. It was one of his favorite movies growing up. Um, it's like a bully, and like someone kind of becomes a bodyguard for someone in school, and stuff happens, and. It's a drama slash comedy, but it's on the list of 80s movies that I want to watch. So My Bodyguard has Matt Dillon in it. I want to watch that. Tex has Matt Dillon and Emilio Estevez in it, and I want to watch that as well. Um, Emilio Estevez is in, he plays 2-Bit in The Outsiders. He's in Tex with Matt Dillon. Um, they're both in those movies together. I'm trying to think. Emilio Estevez is also in... St. Elmo's Fire with Rob Lowe. That's one of my mom's favorite movies from the 80s because she loves Rob Lowe and Andrew McCarthy. Those are her two favorite um, actors from the 80s. Uh, i trying to think. Yeah, anyways, those are just some 80s actors. Um, honorable, honorable mentions just because I love them. Um, uh, let's see. Cut off at the end again. I keep getting calls and then it will cut out. Um, yeah, Tex was filmed in 1982 and it is um, based off of a book which is also by S.E. Hinton. It's called Tex. Um, and S.E. Hinton is the author of The Outsiders, Rumblefish. That, that was then, this is now maybe. There's a few other books, I think, but she's best known for The Outsiders um, and probably Tex and Rumblefish, but I th- want to say she's probably best known for Rumblefish next to The Outsiders, but for sure The Outsiders, because that's kind of like an essential in certain schools. Um, yeah, but one of the interesting things about like The Outsiders, though, is a lot of these stars were first starting out in Hollywood or this was like their first ever film um or kind of bigger film in the 80s so like for example Rob Lowe plays um Soda Pop and this was the first ever film that he started he was in a show before this um and I can't remember what it was called but yeah he this is the first ever film he started he ended up going off and starting in a ton films from the 80s um with other popular actors some of which are in the same film um tom cruise got really really popular 
Um, he, I think he had done a few things before this, but not a lot. He, I think, was about 18, and Rob Lowe turned 18 on set. Um, Matt Dillon has, was already pretty popular before, because he had been in, like, My Bodyguard, um, Tex, then there was this, then there were other films he started in after this, like Liar's Moon, and other ones. My dad has seen a lot of Matt Dillon films, but his favorite is probably... I think he said it was My Bodyguard was his favorite, which is something I want to watch. <laughs> um, then you have other really popular actors and actresses. Um, I'm not sure about everyone else. Like, Emilio Estevez might have already starred in a few films before The Outsiders. Mighty Ducks, actually, take it back. It's not from the 80s. It's in the early 90s. I think it, yeah, it's really, it was released in 1992, so that's an honorable mention. Then they made a second one two years later, and I think they have three of them on Disney+, Plus, and then they just released a Mighty Ducks show, so that's on there. Um, yeah, anyways, those are just some actors. I thought I'd mention just because they're my favorite, those are like my favorite actors from the 80s, and you can see them in a lot of different films. Um, so, oh, and then yeah, like Ralph Macchio, I think a lot of, like everyone knows Ralph Macchio because he played Karate Kid, but he actually did The Outsiders before he played Karate Kid. I think before he was Daniel LaRusso, I think it was, he did The Outsiders a year before that. So, a year or two before that. So yeah, all these, I got caught up again. All these guys were kind of blossoming into their fame, their 80s fame in Hollywood with The Outsiders. So why I think The Outsiders is such a good 80s film, even though it's not set in the 80s. Yeah, anyways, (laughs) Um, uh, I think that kind of ends my rant about 80s actors so I mentioned 80s actors I mentioned um 80s films obviously and then you know honorable ones um I feel like the full house full house is definitely like an honorable one because it's like a show and it is even though it started in the late 80s it it went into like the early 90s so it's kind of more of a 90s show because a lot of it was on air, I want to say in the 90s, at least majority of the last few seasons were, um, and you can definitely tell with the style change and everything as the show goes on, um, so that's just something that I feel like, I guess, could be considered an 80s show, but also not, and of course, I forgot the Mighty, the the Mighty Ducks is filmed in the early 90s. But just honorable mention because it has Amelia Estevez and he was a popular actor from the 80s, which is probably why I thought it was from the 80s. Because he just looked pretty young then. Anyways, (laughs) I keep acting like I'm going to end this episode and I haven't yet. But I'm going to because I have to um, 
make a card for someone and I'm going to do that while I finish watching The Breakfast Club because I, as I mentioned, I still haven't finished it yet. Um, even though, like, I've kind of spoiled a lot of how it ends because I, um, you know, have seen so many references to it and I read that quote to y'all just because I was looking at movie quotes from the 80s and I was like, oh my gosh, the letter that they write. I was like, mm, this is good. I like this a lot. <laughs> um, so I thought I would read that to you guys. And I think it it definitely makes more sense when you watch the film. And I don't know why, but it's kind of something that makes you a little emotional. Um, and I'm getting a little emotional because it like it makes me sad about growing up. Because it's weird because it's kind of like you're getting to a point where you can't really relate too much to all these characters because you're kind of moving on and you're growing up and growing even more into adulthood so it's kind of like you're trying it's like me trying to hold on to that youthfulness that I I don't know that I feel like I wanted to wish away for so long Especially, like, when I was a lot younger, all I wanted to be was, like, 16. And then when I was 16, all I wanted to be was 18. And, you know, like, and it just kind of keeps on going. So, like, when you're 18, you want to be 21. Like, there's all just these just little things that you're, like, you're trying to move on to the next big thing. And you want to grow up. But it's kind of like right now, it's these type of films that are making me stop and and take in my life and look at the little things and appreciate it and and even look at challenges like and struggles and difficulties as an adventure in itself and that I'm not going through them alone even though it seems like it because there's plenty of people out there in the world that feel exactly like I do and I think the fact that so many film directors during that time period were trying to remind people that even if that was not their intention you know it just seems so fitting to me. Anyways, that's just kind of how I feel about these things. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so one last fun thing I want to mention just because I love this so much. But um, my dad literally references the a lot of the popular actors from The Outsiders like by their the characters they play. So like we were... I finally was watching Karate Kid with him for the first time in, like, my entire life. I had kind of started watching it with him in the past, only made it, like, to the beach scene and literally, like, just stopped. Because my brother and my dad were watching it, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch this. Um, anyways. So, I ended up watching it with my dad a few weeks ago for the first time, and he's like, I was talking to him or whatever, but I get really talkative during movies, and it kind of annoys people, and I don't mind people telling me to be quiet, because, like, honestly, I probably would do the same thing, too. Um, I really only do that when I'm with my family, and it's, like, I have a lot to say, and I had a long day at work, and I did have a lot to say, so I was kind of ranting about some things when we were watching it or whatever, and he was like, okay, now be quiet. It was, like, when I was kind of done, he was like, okay, now be quiet and watch Johnny, as he was referring to, like, Ralph Macchio, who plays Daniel LaRusso, as, um, 
he was just kind of like, now be quiet so we can enjoy watching Johnny play in the ocean. It was really, really funny. And like anytime, like we mention Rob Lowe, he always says soda or soda pop. It's just, it's funny and I love it. And it makes me happy. Um, Because to me, like these characters, like these actors are just their characters. Um, And it seems so fitting. Um, Yeah, they did an amazing job with casting. So I have to say, I can't really see them being played by anyone else. Um.